<sighs> I'm weary now. How's it going, eh? Uh, it's going okay. Good. We missed that last time. Did you notice? <laughs> I did notice that, but only I only noticed when I was editing. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. What do you know about that? <laughs> First one I missed. You didn't want to insert it. <laughs> well, because I have no response, I guess. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, eh? That's <gasps> good. Yeah. There's nothing. Blank. And then, or you just answer, or not yeah. answer, but you just keep talking. I just ignore you. And I could just insert it like four times. Blah, How's it blah, going? Blah. Hey. Right. <laughs> Anyway, well, how how goes the home search? Um, it's okay. There's a couple of places that are coming up. Um, mm-hmm. They re- the, the places that are really good uh, require roommates hmm. because those are the ones that will save us money. Oh, I thought you meant the the building requires roommates. No, it's just that they're two <laughs> two and three bedrooms, so yeah, um, we'd need one or two persons. Certainly. So um, it's potentially there. There are coworkers that I I suspect would be compatible roommates, mm-hmm. at least for, for a while. Yeah. We're talking about it. It's just, uh, it, it depends. The One needs to move immediately because of a bad breakup, and the other needs mm. uh, maybe some time. So it's a, a tricky coordination mm-hmm. of, of timing. Right. And our lease isn't up until the end of August, so we need somebody to take over our lease if we leave here at any, mm-hmm. at any point before that. Yeah, also tricky. Mm, can be. Um, there yeah. are a few people who are doing internships in town that we've talked to, uh, you know, by email that in theory would be ready and able to take over any time. Mm-hmm. And it would be probably advantageous because they'd be closer to school and, you know, they maybe live a little further out in the suburbs mm-hmm. and they have yeah. their own place, a quiet study space, a nice location to do things if they wanted to, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, a, a beautiful view if they, if they did not. Sure. So mm-hmm. nothing, nothing bad. Just a matter of coordinating all that, and if it comes down to it, uh, getting like six weeks maybe would be that would be good. We'll, we'll see what happens. I will. Yeah. I'll keep you in the loop. Oh, that's good. <laughs> we are. Let's see what's happening over here. Mm. Oh, what is happening over here? Yeah, I got a friend coming up from Arizona. Wow. He's uh, he's gonna stay for a few days. Get out of the, the blazing heat. <laughs> is uh, it blazing down there? It was in the 110s. All right. That's pretty blazing, yes. Yeah, so. Is this normal for the time of year? Oh, yeah. It really? Sure. No, July. no, no. Not down there. In Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. July normal? in oh. Phoenix is definitely <laughs> hundreds. July in Portland, this is my first July here. Oh. So, as I understand it, it's supposed to be around 90 and sunny. Yeah. And it's about 75-ish and cloudy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had kind of unseasonably cool yeah. days and overcast uh, uh, recently. Exactly, yeah. which I love. I am oh, it's really nice. Totally down for this. Mm-hmm. It's I, been a yeah beautiful time. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we had like a, a little bit of a heat wave there at, right at the start of June. Sure, and then uh, it's never yet gotten to. Um, well, well, put it this way: they were expecting uh, high fire danger and um, the start of the fire season, where they ban all. Outdoor burning, uh-huh. so you like you can't put anything on the grill, and, right? Um, you can only uh, you can only use power tools or lawnmowers or anything, you know, between like eight p.m. and eight a.m. 
As opposed so, to what people who would burn their lots. Yeah, you know you can oh, burn all the rest of the year. There's lots of burn piles going. People, especially after the snowmageddon that we had, snow wow. apocalypse. Okay. There were tons of, uh, you know, uh, of wood that got cut down. That you know, that was all the down trees. So people were burning all the time. Wow. Big smoke burns. You know, like here, they they won't stop you if it's for agriculture. They won't stop you getting your hay out or whatever. It's part of your, like, if it's farming. Uh Uh-huh. But otherwise, you know, you're mowing your lawn or or doing a weed eater or anything that could cause a spark. Uh Uh-huh. You know, because everything gets really dry. So that was supposed to have started uh, a week ago, normally. But there still is a partial ban, so you can't mow your lawn between 1 and 8 right now, since we're in moderate fire danger instead of high. Uh, let's see. Yes. Serious technical difficulties. <laughs> that was a half an hour ago. Wow. <laughs> we have to stop this practice. It's <laughs> the second I time. Oh, this is a double, a double whammy on this mm-hmm. one recording. Yeah. First, yours bugged out, and then my whole. Yeah, I lost battery power because uh, my battery is really old, and yeah. uh, it's kind of losing its perspicacity. No, but it's it's okay. losing its ability to know that you know how much capacity it has. Yes, because it's mm-hmm. it's down really far. It's been cycled so, many times. Yeah, it'll it'll think it's full, but then it only has you know a couple hours worth of power. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a bummer. If I watch video, then even less. And then so then when we came back in, then we lost. Uh, <laughs> when we finished, I found out that I lost that entire segment. Yeah, on my side. So ding dang. Yeah, it's been a lot. Uh, so long story short, we're back, and uh, I was talking about the fire season. So moderate fire risk right now means that you can't mow your lawn after 1 p.m. or before 8 p.m. Hmm. or use power tools or anything that can cause a spark, you know. Right. And then once it goes to uh, gets hot enough and dry enough, they deem it high fire risk oh. uh, in the area. Then they, they'll go from 8 to 8, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., no power tools or uh-huh. things of this nature, unless it's for your, your business. And even then they... they have a bunch of um, oh, let's say helpful hints <laughs> on how to lo- lower your risk of uh, starting a fire. So they consider that they consider like uh, if it's night, it's not as big a danger. Yeah, because it cools down significantly. Right. Versus like yeah, if it was that. if it was Phoenix, you know, it's 115 <laughs> right. in the day and right. 100 at night. Whereas yeah, yeah. here it goes, you know, 90 something in the day and then 60 at night. Right. And oftentimes a marine layer will blow in and. Stuff like that. Mm. So that's what we get. And then that lasts, once it once it hits the full burn ban, they call it, the burn season, or burn free season more likely, right. uh, will go all the way till like September yeah. before they, they release it. It's interesting, I thought, you can't do any grilling at your house, uh, no open flames of any kind, except uh-huh. in designated areas. Like you can go to a, a, a park and grill on one of their hibachis that they have <laughs> there, which is interesting. They, they won't let you do it at your house. They don't trust you to do it at your house. And probably they shouldn't. Uh, I'd say that's I probably mean, true. Yeah. I mean, they could trust me, of course, mm-hmm. but they got to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> right. I mean, I've got a, a fireproof uh, thing that goes on my deck, and then I, ha- I have a big welder's blanket, six by four welder's blanket that goes on top of that that my grill stands on mm. to avoid sparkage. Right. Uh, going anywhere but into the fireproofing. So it's, well, you've got a, you've got a lot of places that sparks could fly. The deck being wood <laughs> itself, so, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's supposed to be treated, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's not going to just, like, leap into 
Right. <laughs> Deflame as if it was standing on, you know, 100-year-old balsa wood right. or something. <laughs> I always think about that when I see those houses with the the, the, the sort of grayish shingles all yeah. over the roof. Oh, the shake roofs, yeah. The shake roof, yeah. I, uh-huh. I think, isn't that just a blaze waiting to happen? It really is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't, wouldn't it take just a couple of sparks and then whoosh? Yeah. Probably they're fire retarded i don't know i saw a news story the other day they were talking about the you know last year's uh, horrible california fires yeah uh, northern california in, mm-hmm. in particular in paradise right was the story base sure and they said the newest uh, california fire regulations for home building say it has to be made of some fire retardant material so mm-hmm. Uh, concrete or steel or treated wood, you know, that not just a traditional throw up a bunch of um, pine two by fours and yeah, you're good. Right. There are some very, very stringent rules coming about for uh, new construction. Cool. Good. And rightly so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's only going to get uh, probably ever more, ever more fiery, really. It's, it's, it's not getting wetter, just right. drier, and mm-hmm. conditions are going to probably exacerbate the fire season in, in, into this foreseeable future. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. good for them. Got to have mm-hmm. something. Got, got to have some, some, uh, some rules and regulations to help it out. <laughs> I would say. Mm-hmm. Did we get to the music share? No, no. Tell me about the Mountain Goats. So, Mountain Goats, it's basically John Darniel is it's a he's a singer songwriter uh but he has a a band he's been working with for a long time mm-hmm. started out i think recording a lot of stuff himself and then added uh people in they've been known for being a lo-fi band for a long time lo-fi mm-hmm. being uh short for low fidelity right. uh, stuff that sounds like it was recorded on a, a tape recorder in somebody's bedroom mm-hmm. and um they've grown from that to having a you know full-on studio production, but still have a relatively stripped-down sound, I would say. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is him and guitar and his uh, sort of very, not speak singy, but uh, sing, I don't know how you describe it, uh, unpolished vocals. <laughs> yeah. Sing songy, okay. uh, emphasis on lyrics for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, this new album grew out of um, a concept that he had that was kind of a D&D idea, a, a, a wizard that was the, the ruler or, I guess, in in, in uh, Discworld terms, the patrician, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, of a small town or of mm-hmm. a town and uh, sort of him feeling his age and declining power. So that was one idea and then he just had you know several more things that came in on the outside so this song is about doc gooden the baseball player baseball pitcher yeah when you when i saw the title doc gooden um i didn't really understand what was going on but right. then when you when you told me about him it's like oh dwight gooden that's <laughs> yeah. how i knew him okay uh so for some reason it, you know back in the mid 80s right. i think he started it and um well, I knew I him baseball dwight, dwight so i didn't know i didn't know his story mm-hmm. but he had a, a stellar rookie career yeah um one of the considered one of the best i guess pitchers um certainly a great pitcher yeah especially for a rookie and and, that brought him to fame Mm -hmm. because he was so good his his rookie year right so i don't think he was doc by then or certainly not uh okay well known as as doc by then so that's yeah so i knew him as dwight gooden and then i probably just stopped watching baseball mostly Mm -hmm. you know soon after that so it didn't really right 
pick up his uh, his nickname. Yeah, his moniker. Uh, yeah, he fell into decline via addiction. But the song it it sort of fits the theme of that earlier concept by being a. a song about someone looking at his past glory and his current declining abilities. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like this. Yeah, yeah. All right. I enjoyed the the uh, the opening mm-hmm. and all the instrumentals throughout. As you were describing, his voice is a little distracting. <laughs> you know, I kind of got used to it. Right. Not as much. Not as much of a fan of, of that style. Well, it's very but, unusual. Uh, but I'm okay it, with it. If you become a regular listener, you know, you sort of get used to yeah how he sounds. Right. So right, then right. It, it's less distracting the more you hear. Mm-hmm. And the the sort of you know he's very clever lyrically and then the you know the instrumentation can be um, pretty unusual itself so uh, over time it's <laughs> it's a lot of um <laughs> moody <laughs> uh, sort of music um if if you want to be sad basically <laughs> listen to the mountain goats i remember um when i started uh, listening to them i was in a sad place and i it's sort of comforting to listen to somebody express devastation in song Which seems seems counterintuitive but <laughs> it can be because it worked yeah it was good that was i think it was get lonely that was when i first really started i, I i'd heard of them before but i didn't really know much didn't listen to you know whole albums like i started mm-hmm. to when that album came out 2000 ish Sick, 2008, seven or eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, moving forward, he's, he's just gotten more proficient. So mm-hmm. it's very well worth listening to this new album called In League with Dragons. <laughs> well, that seems like it has a theme there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D&D indeed. Cool. Good stuff. Speaking of cool, <laughs> how about that Jeff Goldblum? 
<laughs> Where did that come from? Oh, I, I sent you a I, meme. I, I sent no, you a that's meme right. with him. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, he just is ever delightful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, I'm glad he's still on the scene, uh, still still working. Um, mm-hmm. He was great in Ragnarok. I enjoyed him there. Yeah, very but, much uh, so. He's, he sort of evolved into um, like being Jeff Goldblum. That's his yeah. thing now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was thinking of like he played good characters in say Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and Independence Day and um I enjoyed him in uh, uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent Earth Girls are easy over. <laughs> well <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, I like that part <laughs> let's see he took over from uh when Vincent D'Onofrio left mm-hmm. uh, Criminal Intent there I see. and he was a good detective uh, mm. differently quirky but nonetheless like super genius uh, uh, and then he kind of became as you say like a more himself kind mm-hmm. of quirky having fun with his i don't know what what how you would describe it like people know him for being that way mm-hmm. and therefore he's enjoying that he could do that was that a transition on that show though no 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 okay, not on that show no just more recently all right you know yeah. and i think it's it started for me I, I started noticing it i think when he was doing those commercials for um apartments.com mm-hmm. uh, but it was on a lot uh, when they first started on tv I see. and he was this I, I, he's playing this sort of quirky real estate agent that is, uh, you know. Oh, I like that question about all the new gadgetry that's being applied to apartment living. Well, I'd say this. It's now more exciting, I'll tell you that, to be in an apartment than ever before. You know, you can lock and unlock your front door from anywhere in the world with keyless entry apps, program lights and climate control, voice-activated AI assistance to play Bossa Nova tunes. As you prepare an absolutely lovely chicken fricassee. But personally, I'm holding out for some sort of fork spoon combination. A foon. I don't know how winning that is. I'm still working out the, the kinks. Change your apartment, change the world. <laughs> With some very strange uh, ideas or concepts, you know, be, behind his uh, real estate agent prowess. So, yeah, that, then it kind of built from there. So I see him, like you say, you know, Ragnarok <laughs> being extra quirky, yeah. uh, going beyond. You know, on the talk show circuit, he's just having fun with himself, wow. as it were. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a, a fine fellow. Indeed. What's your, <laughs> you've got a music share. Yourself. I do. Not to make an awkward transition, but... <laughs> well, that's my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Segways without segueing. No, that doesn't work. I'm leaving it in. Anyway, so there's a uh, Venezuelan composer, Evencio Castellanos, and he was sort of um, instrumental, as it were, in um, promoting Venezuelan mar- modernism through music. There was a whole movement in, in art and music at, in the uh, 1950s, say, 40s, 50s. He did this piece called Santa Cruz de Pacarigua. It's a church near Caracas, where he was from. It's a symphonic suite in three movements, and this segment that uh, I want to play kind of goes from almost Gregorian chant-like, hmm. sort of a doom and gloom part of the Feast of Corpus Christi, right. which is depicting the uh, body of Christ. The body of Christ, um, yeah. For obvious reasons, uh, sure. known to Christians. And, uh, and then goes into... The, the celebration with folk tunes and so forth and the, the sort of happy, wild celebrations outside the church, you know, in the town square and so forth during the feast uh, and uh, week, probably. And then juxtaposed at the same time with 
the the call to mass. It's just kind of an interesting symphonic piece that I grabbed onto. Uh, I don't know when it was, a few years ago maybe, mm-hmm. when I heard it on the radio. I heard a piece of it, and I wrote it down to, to listen to later, and I finally got around to it. I was like, oh, yeah, hey, I guess you'll listen to that. And so here it is. Yeah, gives a percussion certainly a lot of stuff to do. Sure, that's a very long, it's a very long segment. Or originally, it's like a what do you call it? Maybe fifteen minutes. The the whole piece is yeah, like sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. The segment the con- of conductor. the, the s- suite, no. I guess. No, no, the whole the whole suite is, huh. is is sixteen. It's three movements, but they're not um they're not separated. Right, right. You can just play it all as one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are distinct sections. So combining colorful folk tunes and dazzling rhythms. And threads of Gregorian chant, and all depicts the religious celebration of the Feast of Corpus Christi. So, mm-hmm. mm. I was reading that uh, he's virtually unknown outside of Venezuela, mm. but he might be gaining some more uh, prominence, some more playtime since uh, Gustavo Dudamel Interesting. Uh, has come to okay. international fame. Sure, a Venezuelan himself. So, I would imagine he would promote his uh, home country's music right. as often as he could. So, mm. why wouldn't you? Well, indeed, it's good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the clip that you listened to was him leading the. National Youth Orchestra uh-huh. of Venezuela, right. Simon Bolivar yeah. Youth Orchestra. Did you see the video of it? I of did him not. Conducting? No. Oh, okay. It was probably when he was uh, a member of that orchestra himself. Oh. You know, oh. he was still a student oh, wow. when he was doing that, and then that led to him becoming famous oh. worldwide as they toured, and then he got the gig at the uh, Los Angeles right. Philharmonic. It's a uh, 2008. That's this the recording yeah. that I heard. Yeah, that's that's probably what when he was still uh, a member. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. A young composer. Very. Yeah. Conductor. Conductor, okay. <laughs> sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to compose a message to us. <laughs> ah. You can send it to bros at it's just called twobrothers.com. Because this is It's Just Called Two Brothers. Hey, I'm James. <laughs> I'm I have been Marcus. <laughs> uh, you if you want to tweet at us, you can tweet IJC2B. And you blog 
a lot of times. Almost every day. Yeah. There you go. Good save. That was a lot of stuff. It's only 10 more minutes of junk (laughs) that we would have recorded. (laughs) In there, if you want to slap something in there, you can. Yeah, let's just shave out. It's already up there.